0: Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. And what do you know? Breaking news has struck as the Chicago Bears have a brand new head coach. Ryan Poles didn't take much time as he decided that his guy to lead this team is going to be the Colts defensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus, the 51-year-old that was able to turn a porous Colts defense into a pretty good one over the past couple of years. So no Dan Quinn, it's Matt Iberflus. so we have Ryan and Matt yet again and it's time to break down all this breaking news I'm Russell DeWitt joined with me is Nicholas Moriano Nick what are you thinking right now does your initial gut reaction to this hire
1: you know obviously it was going to be one of the three candidates I think if you know Ryan Poles didn't go out and search for other people that he was interested in but I think with these three guys that the bears identified being Dan Quinn, Jim Caldwell, and Matt Eberflus, obviously who's now the Bears' 17th head coach in team history. There was, must've been talks about, Hey, they're the five panel team talking to Ryan Poles. This is who we've identified and th- do these guys kind of work with you? So I, I there's probably some collaboration going into this to be completely honest, will, but the initial reaction is like, I think the guy, what the bears did in terms of hiring Matt Eberflus, they brought in a guy that will really, not take any, any slack. If he sees something that, you know, a team, uh, a particular player is not doing well, you're going to know about it very upfront, but also just honest with his players. And I think he, he provides that leadership that, um, you know, this team I think could, could use in their head coach, someone that they can look up to, but be held accountable as well because Roquan Smith so many times last year. Well, regardless of the press conference it was in, especially after those bad defensive performances, he always kind of said something about people need to look at themselves in the mirror, hold themselves accountable. Well, man, Matt Eberflus is going to make sure that happens on like every single snap, every single practice. And it's going to start really early on in the summer here um, at Hallis Hall and just with this Chicago bears organization. So that's who the bears are getting. And out of the top three guys that they, that I just mentioned, he was the one that I was kind of leaning towards as if they're going to hire one of these three guys, I'll I'll let let it be Matt Eberflus. But that's just kind of the initial reaction from me. And now this this new hire.
0: Yeah, I was telling you right before we went live, because uh, you uh, texted me last night and said, Will, you better be ready because I feel like a move. Uh, Is happening soon, so I took some time and got some good notes for Dan Quinn and Matt Ibraflus, and I was talking myself into a more Dan Quinn uh, just due to having that head coaching experience, perhaps being able to bring a more seasoned staff into Chicago with having, I guess, a little bit more pull around the league. Uh, So with Matt Ibraflus, I think right now, that's my biggest question mark or concern is Who does he bring in for offensive coordinator? How can he build a staff? Who are those guys going to be? And obviously, you know, he must have really sold it to Ryan Poles about like how he's wanting to construct this. And as high as we were on polls the other day, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that this is the right man for the job, the correct leader in how Hall. you mentioned it. He doesn't take any loafing uh, whatsoever. And if you go back to Adam Johns' article uh, about the Matt Nagy era and how you're hearing about the walkthroughs just being, you know, kind of just horrible and like the attention of detail wasn't there and people weren't being held accountable. And that's why we saw all the mistakes that we saw on game day, at least with Matt Eberflus, I expect that to get turned around, uh, you know, immediately. And that should have a big impact uh, on this team on both sides of the ball, all three phases, Uh, So right back to you, Nick, a lot of chatter I see in the chat right now is, well, what about the offense? We wanted an offensive guy to kind of help Justin Fields. Why can Matt Eberflew still succeed despite not having an offensive background?
1: Well, I think the big thing with even like if you look at Dan Quinn, too, like when he was hired to be the the Falcons um, head coach, like he had no connection to whether it was a Matt LaFleur or a Kyle Shanahan. And he brought those guys in to work under his staff. So, I think what we don't, we obviously don't know, is like the connections that Matt Iberflus has made throughout the years. What he has over, um, I think it's almost twenty years of, of coaching experience, something around that. And like we just don't know what connections this guy has. So, but here's what what should maybe encourage Bears fans, like, yes, we don't know the questions that are going to be surrounding, like, who's going to be on this offensive staff, who's going to be the OC, how that's all going to shape out, but you know the defense is going to be perfectly fine under Iberflus and what he's able to do. So, uh, the I mean, to answer your question, Will, like, I think we just got to wait and let it see how this roster kind of, you know, eventually kind of comes to fruition here with the people that he's thinking of bringing in, and we just, you can go through his resume and see where he's been, and that won't necessarily give you the guy that he's going to bring in as his OC, as his quarterback's coach, as, you know, all this offensive staff that's going to be coming in. Because, again, there are a lot of connections that we don't hear about. And that's how Dan Quinn was able to get, um, you know, Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan to Atlanta, never had worked with them before. And obviously you see where they're at right now in their respective careers. So it's uh, it's going to be a little wait and see. And I think we'll get some clarification in the next coming days, hopefully, maybe even the next week or so, just to see how this, complete roster. This coaching staff comes together.
0: And just because he has a defensive background doesn't mean the offense can't get it together under the right guidance on that side of the ball. Uh, Again, I took notes for both candidates last night. Dan Quinn, when he was in Atlanta, did have a top 15 offense every single year. And again, he has a defensive background too. So Matt Ebruflus can bring in someone to run the offense. And based off of what I understand from either refusee, you know he can oversee the entire operation, but he will bring someone in that he trusts you know wholeheartedly to run that offense. I don't think he would have you know much say into it uh, again, we'll hear from him directly that's just my gut feeling uh right now and uh I think that's the biggest one I see in the chat is like we needed an offensive direction uh, and I understand that um, but I am trying to trust the process here uh, just a little bit and kind of take it easy uh, even though I think it is. I easy again to want an offensive background just due to how the league's trending and getting the most out of our young quarterback in justin fields but i do think just because iberflus has a background on defense you can't just say the offense is not going to get attended to or even put on a better track matt nagy is supposed to be an offensive guru and look where we were bottom of the league uh for the past couple of years what do you want to say to like maybe some people don't like to hire can we convince them otherwise
1: I think one thing that we should say, this is Ryan Poles' guy, you guys. I mean, this is, he, he, after Ryan Poles was hired, we saw how the Bears were kind of writing the little, um, I guess, takeaways from each press conference. Ryan Poles interviewed. Ryan Poles interviewed. So it's just him conducting these interviews. But what should give maybe Bears fans some confidence is that, hey, he made this hire. Yes, he's only 36 years old, but you want your general manager to be the guy that, Goes in, assesses who these candidates are, and said, "I want this guy. I think this guy can lead the Bears to, you know, that sustained success that we were kind of talking about when Ryan Poles was hired." Well, I want him. So, just in that sense, should give Bears some, some I think, some confidence. But here's, I was reading an article yesterday um, by the Athletic uh, writer Stephen Holder, and it's titled, "Colts Matt Eberflus Wants to Be an NFL Head Coach." And here's why it may happen. This was January 4th, 2021. It said in the article that he was already planning to be a head coach in that offseason. So here he already developed a plan to be implemented if and when the opportunity presented itself. So this is a guy that is going to take the time and effort to put a game plan together. Not look, he did that for a head coaching, you know, opportunity. Imagine what these game plans are gonna look like defensively. And also in that article, it says he goes to great lengths. This guy's coverage is making it harder for QBs. And like every single defensive coordinator, I'm sure does, but I think Matt Eberflus just takes it to another level. And another, like, little Bears connection, he actually went um, and kind of got some advice from Lovey Smith back when he was a defensive coordinator with the St. Louis Rams at the time. So, looking to get those, I think he, po- he called them influencers. That was one of his influencers, Lovey Smith, and what he was able to do. So, seeing the detail oriented that Lovey Smith was seeing how he could pick that up here Matt Eberflus there are things that you can like about him and i guess like that accountability will i think is going to be really cool to see when you know at training camp how he's on some of these players seeing just the energy that he can bring but in that same article it also had some positives and negatives for Matt Eberflus as a candidate said leadership was definitely number 1 player development was that second subtopic. And as all Bears fans know, since Matt Nagy got here in 2018, that there wasn't enough of that, or it was just right. very inconsistent in terms of player development. And he highlights, look at Darius Leonard, Grover Stewart, Kahari Willis, uh, Bobby Okarike, and Julian Blackman, all guys that um, were able to kind of just develop and become, you know, integral into what the, the Colts do defensively. And the highlight of one player specifically, his name's Anthony Walker, his rookie season played 11% of snaps. And then starting in 2018, when Iberflus got there as a DC in Indianapolis, um, Walker eventually became a mainstay in that defense. And, you know, the the, the, the previous regime was actually thinking about, hey, we want to actually cut Walker. We don't think he can make it here, but Iberflus saw something different and was able to develop him into the player that he is today. So seeing that he could bring that out of certain players, that is enticing and intriguing in itself because we just didn't see enough of that here in Chicago.
0: No, we didn't. I'm thinking of Eddie Jackson. Imagine Eberflus's reaction to some of those half-effort tackles that we see from him over the past couple of years. And I know towards the end of last season, we saw a better side of an Eddie Jackson, so I'm not trying to say... Uh, It was all bad. However, uh, I do see Eberflus holding, you know, players like that accountable that if they're not giving that effort, whether it's in practice, through a walkthrough, or right there during a game, you know, put them on the bench, chew them out, whatever you need to do to motivate them to get them to do their damn job. And that's something that we didn't see all too much during the previous regime. It was more just complacency. And I think that's the last thing we're going to see from Matt Eberflus is a complacent football team. Uh, When I look at, you know, his defense and what it did last year in Indy, second in takeaways, that gets me excited, comes from that disguising coverage, and I would argue that the Bears have more talent on defense than the Indianapolis Colts, so he can maximize that uh, to a higher degree, ninth in points allowed, uh, middle of the road, 16th in yards allowed, which again tells me a little bit of bend, don't break. But the one, I guess, I'm not going to call it a red flag, um, but it's something I'm going to be curious about to see if it carries over to Chicago or if it was just something uh, last year with the Colts. But 25th in red zone defense, so they were the seventh worst uh, in that regard last year. And obviously, if you are allowing teams to put up the yards and you're allowing them to score in the red zone, that's not a recipe uh, for success. But the turnovers did help them tremendously. All right, so you said there are some negatives. Uh, Obviously, no head coaching experience is one of them, uh, at least right now. Uh, However, if you are getting a guy with head coaching experience, something must have happened wrong uh, at that previous job for him to be available now. Uh, Again, I already mentioned my questions about him building a staff. And I don't know if this is a con or not, Nick, but I want your input on his defensive scheme. Uh, He runs a 4-3 defense instead of a three four so we could be having a changing of the guard uh, as you will here in Chicago I know Khalil Mack uh, you know used to be really good in a four three in Oakland Uh, Robert Quinn same thing over there in Dallas with the hand in the dirt rusher and really how teams are in you know sub packages more than ever and I saw you know different alignments under even uh, you know last year as well does it matter at the end of the day anymore
1: I don't know if it really does, Will. To be completely honest, when you're in that nickel package, what, 70% of the time nowadays in the NFL? Yes, when you know, you're know you facing a heavy run team, I think you'll see more of that 4-3 out there when you're taking out that uh, nickel back and getting that extra linebacker in. But I think like all good coaches, you adjust to the personnel that you have or that you'll go to acquire through the draft or free agency. So for me, the 4-3, four, 3-4 three, three, four thing it's not too big of a transition nowadays. I think it was I think it was more of a big deal when, um, who was it? It was, was it Mel Tucker that kind of brought that in uh, initially? Where, or, I, you know, maybe I'm just drawing a blank here. But For the 3 when the Bears, Yeah, when they first transitioned to That'd be it, it, seemed like it just. Okay. So maybe, I, I just don't think it's as big of a deal. I think the Bears do have playmakers that can make either scheme work. Like I said, there's so much flexibility and versatility. You saw what Sean Desai was kind of doing with the Bears' this past season, putting guys in different spots at times and maybe maxing out one side, putting a Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack on one side, having them stunt. So, so much can be done with that nowadays that that doesn't really concern me uh, too, too much. Um, and I'm just kind of looking at his, his resume here, um, Will. And, you know, with the Dallas Cowboys in 2016, 2017, has linebackers coach, and passing game coordinator. I remember trying looking that up. Wait, Ibra Flus was, you know, kind of had both of these, these roles here, but having a little bit background of the offense, even, even to a certain extent for a year. Um, and then if you look everywhere else, it's primarily defense, but you got that experience just, just a little bit there, just kind of look into it. But to, to again, to answer your question, does not concern me too much? Cause again, good coaches know how to maximize the talent that they have. That's exactly. And you, you mentioned it. There's a lot of talent still, on this defense that can be maximized and there's still potential, obviously. So regardless of how it shapes up on game day, what the alignments, the fronts look like, I think Matt Eberflus is going to have this defense ready to go for whoever the opponent is.
0: Yeah. That's really where I'm at as well. Uh, On top of that too, I'm still seeing a lot of people not liking this higher in the chat. I don't know. Where do you want to take this right now? Obviously we know a little bit about him. Uh, Excuse me. Something that, again, my friend here tells me is he is a little too passive in those key situations. Uh, And again, I think I used the parallel a couple episodes ago, you know, Chuck Pagano-esque in those kind of spots where you are playing a little bit too soft, a little bit too prevent-like. And, you know, we've seen that, at least I have, being in the Indianapolis market over the past year when you know they had games pretty much wrapped up and then they just get a little bit too soft. And even on their offensive side, they didn't attack as much, so that could be, you know, part of it as well. But are you worried about that at all that little bit of like a passive mentality when you are in a comfortable situation because something I liked under Fangio we saw a little bit under Desai is that continued attack mentality
1: I don't know I think I also just have to see how it plays out with the Bears and uh, you know every obviously their team is different from what's going to happen here in Chicago but if that starts to be I don't know something that consistently happens then yeah you definitely are worried about it we got to see who he brings in as his defense coordinator. Um, Again, there's no guarantee that Sean Desai now is with the building he actually did. or He was requested to interview with the Seattle Seahawks, and that came out, what, maybe two weeks ago now. But I think the biggest thing, and I'm pretty sure all Bears fans are kind of wondering this, how does a Matt Eberflus kind of impact and help the growth of a Justin Fields? Like, that's going to be main question priority number one and that's why a lot of us you know including will and i we're probably looking at this um head coaching hire maybe it's going to be somebody on the offensive side someone who could bring in the offense who knows how to develop like younger quarterbacks because that is the main priority the bears are not going to get anywhere if justin fields is not making consistent progress so how does a matt eberflus help that well it's got to obviously be with the staff but that's going to be the biggest question mark and until we figure out who those people are that are being brought into the building to help with that growth, that development, that's going to be the biggest thing that I don't know if I want to say skeptical on, but that's the that's the question and the answer that I kind of want to see come, you know, you know, just be solved, I guess, in the next couple of days. And, you know, I'm sure like when the press conferences happen, I would think probably tomorrow now, um, just a just a you know, guess. Um, That's got to be one of the main questions, whether, um, you know, someone's going to definitely ask it when we're there at House Hall. But I think that is the one thing that I'm thinking about. So we have a guy very defensive oriented. First time as a head coach, you have Justin Fields over there. What are you going to do to help him become the quarterback that he needs to be for this franchise to take the next step?
0: Obviously, he had some great answers to Ryan Poles yesterday for, you know, for that exact question because he would not have been hired if he did not have, you know, an answer to that that excited Ryan that kind of meshed with his vision for this team as well. And again, a couple days ago when Ryan was hired and, you know, the chat was a lot more positive than, you know, you and Mason did a great job of selling him uh, to me. I feel like I'm giving him, again, uh, the benefit of the doubt here. In speaking of Mason, uh, he is here. And we can bring him in right now. Mason, yet again, zooming from work to get... and Zooming in terms of, like, in the car, not, like, the software, to get on this show to give you... Uh, give us your thoughts on Matt Eberfluss, the Chicago Bears' new head coach. What's your gut reaction, man?
2: I am excited. Uh, if you listen to our previous podcast where Nick was looking at the GMs and I was looking at the head coaches, this was my number two candidate, uh, right behind Brian Flores and right ahead of Byron, Le- Byron Leftwich. Um, it's it, it's definitely a, a shift from the previous regime, you know, in terms of thought process. And I know I don't want to repeat too much of you guys have already said, try to listen to that as much as I could on my way over here. But like, like Nick was talking about, like you were talking about, Will, you know, definitely – someone that's going to emphasize hard work he's going to hold people accountable that was something that wasn't really done in the last regime i mean the basically led the league in almost every personal penalty you could like have established that was going on there and that's going to hopefully a culture that would infuse throughout the entirety of the organization and not just something that would stick to defense and yes i mean there's a lot of people that wanted an offensive first person but we also saw what that was like. I mean, that wasn't something that worked well with the current, with the setup that was had here. I mean, we yes, it works in other places, but um, even in other places, you are seeing a kind of a main head coach who's more of a CEO role and a really good coordinator that's doing some of the calls. I mean, look at the Chiefs. Andy Reid is, yes, the architect of it, but Byron Leftwich, who's currently up for potentially that Jaguars shop, I guess would really be the only other option for him right now, is getting the look because he was the coordinator. Uh, So so it really may not be all that different here, right? You have Iberfuz as the CEO of the team who's in charge, establishes the culture, the hard work, thought process, and you find a good offensive coordinator and let's roll.
0: Yeah, that's the biggest challenge for him right now. And obviously he must have dropped some names uh, that meshed well, as I mentioned with polls, and uh, we'll find out who those are soon. And that's when I'm going to really start drawing conclusions and how I feel like this is going to go sooner rather than later mason do you have any like major concerns that nick and i haven't right like, hit on yet or anything that you want to just kind of like uh share yourself
2: no i mean i think you guys hit the overarching theme um that the, the going on it's really pe- that people most people in the chat you can see are freaking out about when it comes to but what about the offense and I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait you know, you have to wait and to see what that staff looks like. So until then there's no reason to freak out about it. Um, you see plenty of teams do well with a defensive head coach that can consistently replace their offensive coordinator because you know they keep bringing in good people because of the you know the higher ups because of the GM because of the head coach, et cetera. and you know at this point in time it's in in polls we trust. And if, you, if you're gonna doubt if you're gonna be excited about the polls higher, you can't be putting down this higher because this was Poles' decision. He picked this person, even though, you know, Quinn was, the, in theory, the favorite. Quinn seemed like maybe the favorite for, like, a Bill Pollian and a George McCaskey. But, no, you know, Poles went with this person. Um, in terms of the defense itself, there's some fit stuff that you question a little bit. Like, I know he really likes the, the long-armed linebacker. We know Roquan doesn't necessarily fit the body type, but it's Roquan Smith. He's going to find a role for him. He's going to make him, he's going to, he's going to do well with that. So I think that's kind of nitpicking if you go that route. Um, but so in terms of negativity, I don't have a problem with this hire. I mean, the only issue I had, and it was the offensive question mark, and we can't answer that right now.
0: Exactly. Uh, something that we'll have to kind of be patient uh, to figure out, uh, Nick Mason said, you know, this is a Ryan Poles hire, uh, but I do see uh, via the chat a lot of fans are saying this feels like a bill pulling hire. Do you have any rebuke to that right now? Obviously they said, you know, when polls got hired, his one condition was like, let me run these interviews, let me run the show. I don't know why I trust it because there's been a lot of reasons why I shouldn't trust the franchise mm-hmm. you know wholeheartedly, but I do. I think this was a polls hire.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. I'm just trying to look. Um, obviously, Bill Polian was a general manager, team president from 1998 to 2009. And Matty Ruflus was not a part of the Colts organization. Like, I mean, look, this is one of the guys that he would have a personal connection with due to the the working, uh, just the resumes, right, where they had been. And based off of what the Bears were kind of tweeting out, Ryan Poles was the one conducting these interviews once he was hired. So... To the people saying this is a Bill Polian hire, I don't think that's correct in, in, you know, the slightest. So I think, you know, what Ryan Poles did is obviously those three people that the Bears kind of narrowed it down to in terms of head coaching candidates, Ryan Poles probably had an opinion or, like, uh, obviously um, saw them in a good light as well because, you know, those are the people that he interviewed, and yes, maybe there was – uh, like Jim Cal- was, Caldwell was in the building when Ryan Poles was. I know that can kind of go back to 2015 a little bit with Todd Poles and, and Ryan Pace, but it seemed like Ryan Poles had already an idea of who these guys were, how they would click, and he just needed to go and interview them himself. So I don't think that's a case where this is a Bill Polian hire. This, this is a Ryan Poles hire. Now we just have to wait and see. Like if you're being, I guess, half glass empty already – I mean, you're entitled to do that, but we just wait it out. See who he brings in for this, you know, offensive staff. And then we can kind of make an assessment, maybe, obviously, you know, even like maybe midway through the season or later in the season. But to do it already right now, I get it. We're Bears fans. We, we have to be, you know, little reserved at all times with everything. But, hey, the Bears have a new head coach. They have a new general manager. Matt and Ryan are back, 2.0. Like, let's see how this plays out. And Tony
0: uh, in the chat, too, mentioned a good point uh, that I had in my notes that I didn't get to yet was the fact that in Indianapolis, he was hired by Josh McDaniels, who, of course, abandoned the Colts, went back to New England, and with the new coaching coming in, you know, Frank and everything in Indy, he stayed on. And I think that does speak volumes of the type of coach uh, that Iberflutes is and how respected uh, he is around the league uh, and how much trust that they put in him for that defense. Uh, I think bodes well. Uh, so up next, I want to kind of gauge your guys' opinion on the process here in general. Did the Bears move a little bit too fast? Because the coaching market wasn't really moving all that much just yet. But first, Nick, I'm going to go back to you because I know we have a message for our listeners
1: from our pals over at Owen. Yeah. Absolutely. I have to tell you about Owen, which stands for only what you need. As you guys know, Owen and the Chicago Audible have partnered up. And you can get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com with the code TCA20. They have a bunch of great protein shakes on there. The no-nut butter cup. And I just finished drinking right before it went live. I was like, hey, let me finish breakfast before I can get on. Got the, the chocolate one if you're watching. And if you're listening, it's a chocolate chocolate elite protein shake. Tastes great. 35 grams of protein. So go check that out at liveowen.com and use the code TCA20. But I have to tell you about the awesome contest that Owen has going on right now. They're giving you an opportunity to win an autographed Justin Fields jersey and cleats. One grand prize winner will get all of that. Two second prize winners will get a signed official football. And four third prize winners will get an autographed jersey. Amazing prizes. How do you get in on this? All you got to do is go to liveowen.com forward slash Justin Fields forward slash. Again, liveowen.com forward slash Justin Fields forward slash. Then all you got to do, you'll see a page Justin Fields is posing with one of the Owens shakes. Type in your first name and your email, and you're entered in to win. So go do that. Tell your family members, your friends, your grandmother, whoever it is, and go enter in to win all those great prizes. And also, while you're on the site, go check out some of the Owens products. They are really awesome. I love using them, and you won't regret it. So use the code TCA20 at checkout. But good luck, everybody, and it's only what you need. Man, I hope someone's grandma wins that Justin Fields jersey. That'd be a great a great way
0: for it to go out. So, of course, you're listening to the Chicago Audible. I'm Russell DeWitt, joined by my co-hosts, Nicholas Moriano and Mason West. We are breaking down and kind of reacting to uh, the fresh news that just broke, that the Bears are hiring Matt Eberflus as their new head coach. And, guys, I just want to know, you know, when you look around the league, no one is really getting hired just yet for uh, the head coaching positions. Ryan Poles just got here. He interviewed three guys, Jim Caldwell, Dan Quinn, Maddie Refluse. And Mason, I want to go to you. Do you wish you would have expanded that pool just a little bit? Uh, I know uh, there were some other names that we talked about over the last couple of weeks. Are you okay with the process that kind of unfolded?
2: So from, from my understanding, and a lot of people didn't like this part of the process. I was fine with it. But when they're looking at GMs and they were looking at head coaches at the same time, they were talking to those GM candidates and saying, okay, who are some coaches you would want to bring in?" Right. And so I'm sure the same thing. And that's what it seems like with some of polls and polls to my understanding said, you know, so these three guys that were the finalists, you got Quinn, you got Caldwell, you got uh, Eberflus were part of the coaches that he would be happy with. And so then, right, that got narrowed down. So it wasn't simply like, all right, polls, here are your three options pick from these three. He was content with that. He was happy with that. So that's one part of the conversation in terms of like the speed at which this is moving. Yes, this is only the second head coach signing, but as the process as a whole, I mean, if you think about it, Brian Pace was hired, I believe 10 days in and we are you on almost close getting close to 17, 18, something like that, I think in terms of the days. So the process as a whole has been slower across the league in previous years, it's been significantly faster. So you have to compare that as well. And on top of that, there's just been so much work done on these these guys whether it's the zoom calls because that's sped up a lot of stuff you don't have to have as many in person things uh because you're able to do the zoom talks and yes you know there wasn't a report of polls bringing in two more people but as a whole too when you look at some of these head coach candidates there wasn't one or two that really to me was like this is the guy this year i mean i know some people for example felt that way about brian dable but what you're hearing with his interviews, I mean, he hasn't been signed yet. I mean, it, it might be Flores in, the, in New York. And it was almost assured that uh, he would be the guy there, especially with uh, Shane being hired as the GM and the connections that they have there. And so with all of that, you know, it, no, the, I think the process works. You got the GM that a bunch of, a, a bunch of other teams wanted over the last couple of years. You got a head coach candidate that, as we said previously, seems like this is Poles' person. We, you have to wait and see. It, doesn't ha- it wasn't offense or bust, and it is, it is the biggest thing.
0: Yeah. How about you, Nick? How do you feel about how it kind of unfolded over the last couple of days?
1: Well, I think for me, the process was just different from what the Bears had previously done. And obviously, they went one way and kind of sped up the process really quickly. Even when they hired Matt Nagy two days after that wild card loss to the Titans, he was a Bears head coach. Right, so they kind of made that jump and were quick to to make that higher. But this one, it was thought out. You had the five person panel. You had all these interviews. They like all the names, guys. Like we were on Twitter constantly, like, oh, the Bears have another candidate. So they were thoroughly looking into each and every person that they could to potentially get this right. So I do like that, M- Mason. You mentioned Brian Dable. I think it does, and we don't know this for sure. I think it does say something that he maybe wasn't requested to get interviewed by Ryan Poles because they did overlap in Kansas city for one year. Uh, Brian Dable was the OC there in 2012. And obviously uh, Ryan Poles was there. I wonder if that kind of said something. And obviously Brian Dable isn't the head coach yet, or hasn't been a solidified lock with the Giants. So I wonder if that does say something, but I was really, really high on what he could potentially do for Justin Fields. And that was the big poll for me, but I think the process of how they kind of went about this, who they identified the candidates to and how they kind of, you know, show look, I know we're going to talk about conviction and saying that we don't want to hear that word ever again when it comes to the bears because of Ryan Pace, Matt and Aggie, but you do need that. And Ryan Poles does have that, that kind of conviction, that aggressiveness. And, you know, he went with uh, Matt Matt and now like, like we've been saying all the time. And I know a lot of people in the chat are, I think, you know, pretty. They're not happy with the hire. I would see for majority, kind of wait it out, man. Just, just wait it out. Let's see how this roster shapes. Out. And I don't know how many times we're gonna say that from now until week one, but it feels like it's gonna be a lot because of all the, you know, just I, I guess, instant reaction, this negative instant reaction. But yeah, it, it, it makes sense. This could backfire in the Who knows? But we're not gonna know right here on January twenty seventh, right? That's not. That's not where it's gonna happen. Once we get into the season, see how this roster is shaping out, how the games are being played, then we'll get a better idea. But I like the process, and I like how they kind of went down, solidified who they wanted to be the next general manager, head coach, and now the Bears got it. And look, Senior Bowls next week. You have start filling up this roster, send guys down there, your scouts, and start building up this roster. And now they have the two main pieces to kind of start doing that. They sure do.
0: Uh, I know Jeff Hughes over at the Bears blog has been – pretty much right on top of everything throughout this process. And I know we like to go through other sources as well, but uh, he did mention that uh, at least with like the committee and inside the building, there was kind of a split between uh, Quinn as well as Caldwell. And Ryan Paul said, no, we're going to go with Uh So if that is exactly the case, again, this was a uh, Ryan Poles hire. And then as I keep scrolling, uh, one of our good pals, uh, Lester Wiltfung Jr., uh, from Windy City Gridiron, makes a really good point uh, that I didn't think about. I love this perspective that if Ibriflus is like this defensive genius and is really good with, like, coverages and disguising, then he should be able to kind of go to Justin Fields, and he mentioned, Nick, that passing game coordinator experience, and kind of teach him, like, all right, here are some coverages, and this is how we're going to beat him, because he'll know the Achilles heel to all those different coverages uh, as well. So maybe that is kind of like a backhanded way to kind of help Justin, even from a defensive perspective, instead of just an offensive minded approach. It's all about those different perspectives, guys.
1: Absolutely. I saw someone in the chat real quick has, has nothing to do with that, but they're, uh, I, they're gone now. The common buddy's like, I guess Matt and Ryan are still our football guys. I just, just, (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. So I'm sure we'll get a bunch of memes and jokes about that over the next coming days and, you know, all for it. But yeah, no, that is a good, you know, just something to think about in terms of what Matt Eberflus. Like I was mentioning, well, like what can Matt Eberflus do for Justin Fields? That's a good point by Lester that he could do that at least. Now you you find the quarterbacks coach, you find the OC, and let them kind of mold this young quarterback who's just at the Bulls game yesterday. Look at look, you know, uh, everyone's talking about his fit and stuff and swapping jerseys with. Um, Rosen and Levine but yeah he is the center of attention we need him to be now we just need to play like the way that you know Bears fans need and what this team ultimately needs but you know just gotta trust that process to see how it all plays out
0: you know the kid in me appreciates maybe this old school or approach. At least going back to like my childhood, those Lovey Smith yeah. days. You know, you mentioned uh, he was you know looking into Lovey Smith, influenced by him a bit. I know Rod Marinelli, kind of from the same tree uh, as well. So there are some good connections there. That going back to like almost like you know my heydays of watching Chicago Bears football. And heck, Lovey was fired after a ten and six year, just barely uh, missed the playoffs. So if he's coming from not the same, exact, if he's like the new age. Like, love you with an attitude or something like that may not be the worst case uh, for the Chicago Bears. Uh, Mason, I want to go over to you. Uh, It's been a while. Anything new?
2: Um, (laughs) Something that popped up that I think we need to pay attention to is Ian Rappaport tweeting that, with the Bears having finalized their deal with Matt Eberflus, what's next for Justin Fields is a big question. Eagles passing game coordinator Kevin Patulo, I hope I didn't butcher that name, is a name to watch for their new O.C., um, when you look at where he was at, so he's currently the passing game coordinator with the Eagles, as I just said, but he was the pass game specialist back in 2020 with the Colts. Before that, he was the wide receivers coach with the Colts, so he clearly got elevated there um, from 2018 to 2019. He's been with Texas AM, you know, so he was actually back with the Bills at one point as an offensive quality control assistant. So there's a lot of connections going on there. Another name that's floating around right now because both uh Matt Eberflus as well as polls are Trace Armstrong candidates is there's you look at other Trace Armstrong candidates uh I'm not a big fan of his name but Joe Brady has been floated around out there for OC uh just because of that connection and we've actually seen more recently um not as many hires directly with this is who I've worked with we've seen more recently there have been some hires of opposite coordinators you know passing game coordinators etc cetera, etc cetera. uh who they've never worked with before. They just know this is a good person. This this person can run this part of the team, whether it's offense or defense. Hey, go ahead and take that off my plate. So there's other names floating around up there, like a Pep Hamilton, too. They haven't really crossed, but he would be, I think, fantastic in the offensive coordinator role because of what he's done before. So, um, yeah, just got to keep our eyes peeled for some of these things that keep popping up little by little.
0: Yeah. Nick, is there anyone currently on staff that you would – like to see retained Uh, i was thinking about it myself as mason was talking and "Ah, i don't i I just want a clean house you know maybe there'll be an assistant here or there that he likes and will keep around but i feel like with as much of the sour taste as the last kind of you know regime left in my mouth uh, throughout the last season or two i'm ready for just a whole freshness you know from top to bottom
1: yeah, I think that's probably going to be the direction they go to. Like Bill Shuey, the the linebackers coach, outside linebackers coach, did a phenomenal job with that group. So maybe little, you know, the 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 position group coaches there are a few that maybe we can single out. Like, hey, that would still be a good, you know, good guy to have on this team. But in terms of like the the OC, the defense court, like if Sean Desai goes, like, hey, it's probably what's for what's best, right? And because I think Matt Eberflues has a maybe different. Uh, version of this defense or it's going in maybe a different direction but i for the most part i would say that's probably what you need you just look madden the names madden ryan are still here but we just need an entirely different i think staff to really make this organization run just one other thing too like we, we talked about like yeah it's mostly um offensive guys that are getting head coaches and that's been you know primarily true right i mean Um, When you look at the previous coaches from, what is it? um, Let's see if I can find the the stat here. Uh, Yeah, from 7 of 11 head coaches hired in the past two hiring cycles from 2019 to 2020 were offensive head coaches. But someone that I immediately think of that's had success, Brandon Staley, being someone that doesn't fit that trend of offensive coaches, you see what he's doing. And look, there's Justin Herbert there, Mm -hmm. right? Having an amazing You know, sophomore season and Brandon Staley's not an off offensive guy. Defensive clearly, obviously being with under Vic Fangio and stuff. So we've seen in another organization that things can work out. And yes, Justin Herbert is an up and coming, I think, superstar. Now we gotta see where Justin Fields can go. So anybody that's gonna bring that up, I get it. But it can be done. And now the Bears just need to put the right people in place to ensure that they can get that growth out of the quarterback, but also just the organization as well to be competitive. Like the Chargers are kind of heading in that direction. But Staley, a very recent person that can show, like you can hire defense and still have success on the offensive end. So let's see if Eberflus, Ryan Poles, and guys can get the right staff in place to kind of put themselves on that trajectory as well.
0: That's a very good point. I saw someone in the chat said maybe, you know, Chris Taper bring him back uh, for special teams. That's yeah. a good point uh, as well. Uh, you know, that third phase was very strong under Tabor got better each and every season that he was here so that's really good point I overlooked that and I apologize that it would be someone that if he is retained I don't think I'd have any uh reservations with that you know he was the guy when Nagy was out with COVID you know took over the head coaching duties and things were fine so I think he is well respected well liked and again a really good coach so thank you so much for pointing uh that out Guys, is there anything else that you want to talk about right now? I feel like we did a great job of reacting and kind of breaking down what we know so far uh, and kind of saying what Iberhus brings to the table, what's the pros, some of the cons, some of those big question marks. And as we've all said, this is one hire. But as we go forward, you know, who he brings to run the offense is going to be equally as important for the success of this football team. And that's when I'm really going to start drawing you know, my judgments on the direction of the Chicago Bears here in 2022. Uh, Nick or Mason, anything else you wanted
1: to add? I really don't have anything. Like like you said, Will, we are going to have to wait and see who the other people are that are now going to be a part of this new new wave of bears, right? New wave of under-management, things like that. So that's what Matt Eberflus brings to the table from, you know, just a little bit of background that we've all kind of looked up, what he's capable of, how he can impact Justin Fields, how he can impact this defense, how he can impact this team. But now with the transactions that you'll see eventually happening, the people being put in place and how they kind of run things, we'll start seeing. You know what? This is like a little thing. Like one thing where I know this team will be in the right direction, like Matt Nagy was late to every single press conference, you guys. Legit, we'd get an email saying, hey, starts at 1110, 1150, 12 o'clock. It's like, you know what? I know just meeting the media, it's like maybe not the biggest deal, but you had a time. Be there at that time. And, you know, maybe that is reflective also of how these teams were in, in terms of lack of discipline and things like that. But if we see Matt Eberflus and Ryabos show up at noon uh, tomorrow and they're there at dude, like, I already know we're on, you know, a good direct. Maybe it means nothing, but that always bugged me, being at Hallis Hall just waiting, you know, in the media room like, they sent us, like, an email, like, 40 minutes ago. Where the hell are they? So um, that might be something that, you know, maybe I'm thinking too much into, but, hey, that's a start.
0: No, I love it. I mean, that is self-accountability, and if he didn't have any for himself, we saw that trickle down throughout the team. And really, the blatant disrespect for those in the media, you know, the ones that cover the team, get the fans, you know, the information that they need, drive the narrative, and to not respect your guys' time as much as, you know, he probably should. I think you're right to be a little bit miffed. And also it could be, you know, a good point about the type of person he was. And let's see if the new era begins a little bit more punctually. Mason, final thoughts?
2: Man, I'm just like reading this chat right now. And it's it's like they hired a high school coach, apparently, to, <laughs> who was, to, to run this team. Like, he he runs a fantastic defense. It's been, let's see here, like top two last year in terms of, which one was this? turnover percentage, going back to again, kind of that bears plot, ranked 11th in points allowed in terms of DVOA, which is just basically how efficient you are. If you're an analytics person, they're at the eighth ranked defense. Why are you so upset about that? That's fantastic. And look at a team that everyone's raving about the bills. They have a defensive head coach, right? And he happened to find a coordinator that worked and DeBrian Dable, who in his previous stops wasn't even a hot name, right? Sometimes you just need someone to run your team, and you f- that person who can run your team then finds good people. Chill, relax. Like you're act- again, you're acting like this is the end of the world. This is the worst hire ever. It's like it's like as Bears fans, we're just ready to hate everything they do. I don't think anyone that would have been hired this cycle, you would have seen the chat. Happy about. We don't no. have had stuff to be mad about. Just chill. Like, be happy that we have a direction. Man.
0: Honestly, we had it really good a couple of days ago. Everyone was, you know, holding hands, singing kumbaya, and life was good. And that's life of a Bears fan. We know it all too well. It, you, you have the ups, and then, you know, sometimes we'll all come together uh, like polls, like a Justin Fields, but more times than not, things get divided up a, a few different ways amongst all of us uh, i do see in the chat too and i just kind of want to make this clear uh, that uh you know even does have a sister uh, with the last name mccaskey and people are starting to draw like those lines i looked it up it's not the same family branch uh, i'm not you know related to every dewitt out there in the world i know nick you're not related to every moriano and mason I'm, I'm related to kanye what are you talking about there you go I thought that, you know mm-hmm. well isn't isn't he just yay now
2: Oh, yeah, that's true. I need need to change mine just to to May. May or Ma.
0: (laughs) 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 See, terrible. All right. Well, I'm going to call this actually real quick before I call an episode. Let's grade the hire. Uh, I'm going to give it a B plus just because I feel good about it based off of our conversation here. Uh, Were there uh, guys that I wanted maybe a little bit more? Yeah, but Mason, you hit it. There wasn't like the one guy out of this coaching circle, like the crop uh, that we had to kind of pick with right now. So I'm good with it. Uh, So I'm going to give it a B plus and maybe that's a little bit too high. I'm sure I'm going to get shredded in the chat for it, but I don't know. I'm trying to be optimistic uh, the best I can because being a Debbie Downer, uh, even though Debbie Downer DeWitt sounds awesome, I don't want to be. Nick, over to you. What's your grade?
1: I'll go with a B. Um, Again, uh, I think it's solid. We're going to know a lot more in in the next coming days, I think, and obviously when games are being played. But I'll go with a B right now. Obviously the biggest thing, Justin Fields. How can we get this to be going in the right direction, right? And that's going to be the biggest thing for any of the head coaches that could have been hired in the Bears. But now it's Matt Eberfluss' job. So um, I'll give it a B. Mason.
2: So just in and of itself, I'd give it a B plus when you then look at again, the candidates available that you have, like you need to have a head coach. You're not going to just take a break and be like, all right, we'll try again next year. Uh, we're not the Houston Texans. Um, you, I would give it then an A minus because based on again, who you had available this hiring cycle, the culture that's going to be established. And I mean, you're taking care of, you're taking a good coach. Like it, he's a good coach from everything that we've seen. Um, and we didn't need to retread. That's just, I don't, I don't need to see that the same old bad stories we've seen previously. So, yeah.
0: Yep, again, be the CEO. Bring in a capable offensive coordinator that shares your vision, that also is the same vision with Ryan Poles on how to best leverage this young, promising, talented quarterback. Bring in an awesome you know, defensive scheme that holds players more accountable than the previous coaching staff did, and we're already better. And, you know, the Bears have been average so we can be better than average and I think that's a good step but we're not going to immediately be Super Bowl contenders because of who we hire as coach it's going to take time Ryan Poles has to build a roster Eberflus has to coach up that roster develop these players and he's a guy who can do that and I know there are reservations with the offensive side of the ball Nick you made a good point about Brandon Staley there in you know LA with the Chargers just got to be patient we'll see the remaining moves and how they pan out but for right now you know it's I'm not going to say it's great to be a Bears fan, but it feels better than it did 17 days. Is that how long it's been, Mason? 17 days ago.
2: Something like that. It's it's been a while. It really it's been a decent process. It's not like this happened 5 days in. There wasn't it wasn't rushed. Now
0: all right, well, I want to call this an episode. I want to thank everyone here who's in the chat. I saw almost like 900 uh, at one point. I know it's big breaking news. so I appreciate uh, everyone joining us as we kind of talked it out a little bit. Uh, if you haven't yet, uh, give this video a like. Even if you don't like the hire, Don't dislike the video. It's just us talking. We didn't make the decision. And if you're listening to the podcast and you haven't yet, uh, rate, review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Every review helps us reach out to more sponsors and help our show uh, reach new heights, which I'm very excited about our future here uh, as Well, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Uh, If any other breaking news happens, I'm sure we'll be on. And after that press conference, Nick, if you want to hop on and do a podcast to talk about what they said and how we believe, you know, the words that they say, if they carry weight in the direction of this team, I would love to do that with you. Mason, you're more welcome to join if work will allow. And uh, we'll reconvene then. How's that sound, guys?
1: Sounds like a plan.
0: Sounds good. All right. Until next time, bear down, Chicago. (laughs)